Hi, my name is David Turner, this is uh, another Lunar Poacher short. Today I'm on the South Bank in London outside the Tate. There's a Christmas fair. You should play a drinking game. Every time you hear Mariah Carey do a shot, I'm with Lewis Parker and we're going to start with a poem. Garden of the Winter Moon. Icicles hung from the statues and sleep was locked into the moon. Eighteen hours of darkness veiled us like a trance. Hollywood moonlight, tantric hand-holding, you and I. Yeah, so, cheers for this. Um, and so what are you doing on the South Bank? I'm prostituting myself to members of the public with my typewriter. Ah, so just to, um, obviously because it's an audio thing, I'm crouched down, poised, like any good poet, ready to go. Lewis is sipping coffee. We've got a little fold, fold up and down table and a Olivetti typewriter. Um, so you just come down here in a busking spot and write poems to order. Yeah, basically. How long That's have you been doing that? About a year. I mean, there's not really much more to it than that. No. I'm surprised it isn't uh, more popular. <laughs> it's remarkably easy. Yeah. Why? Um, so why is it poetry and not flash fiction? I mean, I know like a lot of the stuff you write is ah. is often prose, but why? Why specifically are you here writing poetry? Well, I think a lot of my poetry is prose-like in the syntax. I write things that some people would regard as flash fiction. I don't like that title. I think it's pointless because a short story can be any length. If you wanted to call a prose poem, these prose poem short stories, you're welcome to do that. The label's kind of irrelevant to me. I'm, yeah, I'm, I suppose that question wasn't really intended to find out how you label your own work, but no. what, I, I'm more interested in why you've got the word poetry written on a chalkboard. And oh, is, right. it, is it more to... Um, are you trying to connect deliberately, poetically, with public as a walking past. Yeah. No matter in what style you write, you know? Yeah, I well I put poetry, prose, suicide notes and more. So there is a, a you know a slightly wider menu. <laughs> yeah you can get a suicide note, yeah, which is yeah. um must Again, be really the, popular at Christmas. Well, yeah, they say it's the saddest time of the year. It's right, so. yeah. Um, yeah why poet why do I put poetry on there? Um, I guess because that's the nearest approximation of what it is. And I think people have a certain idea about poetry, certain expectations that are probably rooted in their poetry syllabus at GCSE or A-level, which gives quite an archaic taste of poetry. And people often stop their reading of poetry at that age, and that's that's kind of their expectation is going to be something usually that rhymes that's devotional mushy and I like to confound those expectations because it's a lot harder to please people when they're expecting it to rhyme and to give them a non-rhyming poem that they still think is powerful or has meaning or makes them laugh it really puts more emphasis on the meaning and doing something that's immediate and that poem you just read at the start, that was written about, well, two minutes before we started recording. Yeah. A couple, an American guy that was just passing. Um, yeah. So maybe uh, for the second reading we can have a few more examples of what you've been writing today. Uh, yeah. Well, I've just given, I've given them all away, so I don't have any at the moment. But 
Oh, actually, I've got one about Jamie Oliver. I should re read that just because I like it. This is Hemorrhoid Haiku 21. Jamie Oliver's new glazed Anisole donut fronts Krispy Kreme range. Perfect. And I think, um, unfortunately now, Jamie Oliver does sort of represent Christmas in this country, doesn't he? He like, does. He superseded Delia Smith, and now it's that <laughs> arsehole. <laughs> I haven't even. Oliver. It's funny that how the subconscious works because I was looking for one, a Christmas one, then I saw that and I just thought it was appropriate somehow. And I hadn't made the link between Jamie Oliver and Christmas. Yeah. But that's how it, advertising works subconsciously. Yeah. I've just had Christmas and then my next thought was, you know, Jamie Oliver is oh, somehow linked to him horrible. in that, yeah. those horrible jumpers, you know, mixing custard in his helmet or but whatever. But the thing is, is, he sort of represents city workers going out in in hilarious festive jumpers on their Christmas dues now, doesn't it? Because that's become yeah. fucking... Oh, it's horrible. Makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the... I think he's the perfect subject for hemorrhoid cream haiku. Yeah, maybe I sh I'll send it to him. <laughs> we should tweet it to him today. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, should I do these two? Yeah. They, they come as a pair called woman and man, the woman first. There was a woman in our village. Everybody wanted to talk to her. Their wanting to talk was only increased by her disinterest. All villages are small, but ours was tiny. One post box, one house, two people. She writes me the most wonderful letters. Man, the man came by in his vehicle. He told us the week before, when he came by at the same time, that he'd built it himself. This is the highlight of our week, standing by the window, waiting to see if he'll come. Two weeks in a row, then three years with nothing. We still love him, we haven't given up hope. Cheers, man. So you just read those two poems, the uh, woman and man one, come from your uh, latest publication, Suicide Notes. Yeah. And that's through your own, um, you published, that's yeah. through Morbid Books, your own, uh, yeah, your own affair. My own affair. Uh, hopefully we'll be doing... tell us a bit about Morbid Books. Uh, well, it's a vehicle that I'll use to publish poetry and other esoteric materials that other publishers wouldn't publish. So I have the suicide notes which is hand typed I did them for a gallery in France I foolishly volunteered to hand type the books because they needed something to sell I didn't realize how much work that would be I've only done 35 so far so far but I'm hoping to do 100 100 max anyway yeah and then that book we launched the other night 100 haikus about hemorrhoid cream which you know Publishers wouldn't do that for obvious reasons. Yeah, it's, it, it must be quite nice having your own vehicle to put out ideas. How did that, that, that uh, assume that idea didn't start as a book idea? Was it just a, I think, a challenge to people to write haikus about hemorrhoid cream? Uh, I think I wrote one on the South Bank here. And that was a, a haiku that had the word hemorrhoid cream in it. Yeah. And then I thought, 
think I just posted something on Facebook that is that how I was going to do. A, yeah, was it through Facebook? Yeah, and I'll I was going to put. I said this jokingly. I said this is from the forthcoming book, a hundred haikus about <laughs> hemorrhoid cream, and the just the excessive nature of it appealed to me. Mm. Totally arbitrary, but it also scans well. Some people would probably object that haiku, the plural of haiku, is doesn't have an S, but I didn't think it scanned as well if it haiku, a hundred haiku about, I think you needed the consonant in between the, I, I agree, the U actually, and the yeah, A. Yeah. And it looks better on the, the, um, the layout of the book looks better for it as well, I think. Yeah. It's more balanced. I've uh, never, I know haiku without the S is probably appropriate, but it doesn't look right. No. And if you're going to decide to do a, a book about a hundred haiku about, haikus about cream and you should be allowed to put an S in it. I've already debased it. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's somebody somewhere who thinks that I've offended the entire Japanese culture, <laughs> which wasn't well, I mean, my intention. Don't really work in English anyway, do they? They become no. a completely different thing. You know? Yeah, it's not really about the limitations of the syllables. And no, although I thought with do doing something that was obviously not orthodox in one sense I had to stick to the orthodoxy of the syllables just so that there was some semblance of tradition in there yeah um, but uh, yeah I'm I've been reading some haikus by um, William Wantling recently and I love them because they don't follow any any rules at all they just seem to be completely random so there's no syllable count I think he just calls them haikus just yeah I've I seen think maybe just to wind people up I mean, people started, you know, taking the mickey in the 60s and 70s when, you know, all the rules of form broke down yeah. and people were publishing supposedly haikus that were just one word. I mean, to my mind, that renders the whole thing meaningless. Yeah. It's like those super abstract artists who, do, who create, well, supposedly create work that's all in their mind. Yeah. I mean, that's, a that's a funny Stephen Wright joke, but as an actual project that you're <laughs> going to sell to people. Yeah, yeah. I think also there's a, there is a tendency in art and literature, now, well not literature so much but art, and I'd regard this as straddling the line between maybe literary and visual art. Um, I think there's a tendency for artists in particular to kind of critique the vapid pointlessness of the world and art itself by doing things that are vapid and pointless. That's a really easy, facile thing to do. Um, I think if you're gonna, if you're gonna just resort to that, then yeah, you, you may as well become an accountant or something. Yeah. No one seems to be uh, trying to address the, the issue of what you should be doing instead, do they? No. You know, surely yes. It's one thing just uh, that reflects. Surely critiquing the ultimate goal is to come up with some sort of. Uh, alternative isn't it yeah I think David Foster Wallace was right when he said that it's and we're still living in times when the overhang of the 1980s is when kind of popular culture and even mainstream industrial complexes like advertising started to use irony and self-awareness and that and then you had people like Jeff Koons who are you know he's a stockbroker isn't he making art and then you I think you've essentially got art and advertising using the same techniques 
Well, there's, there's far too much of an over-reliance on irony and sarcasm, isn't it? In, mm. Just in, in, in what people claim to be creative pursuits, and whether that's... Um, there's, I don't know, there's, there's too, too much of a link, I think, with um, that, kind, that brand of stand-up comedy in poetry. And I'm sure I must yeah. be guilty of it slightly myself, but it's just... Uh, yeah, it, when it, it... I don't know if it necessarily makes for very good art. No. <laughs> oh, sorry, I say that. I definitely know it doesn't. Well, <laughs> that is my it, it might seem weird somebody who's just published a book of 100 haikus about hemorrhoid cream criticising you know, facile artistic statements. But when I create something, I don't want to just create something that reflects how kind of trite popular expression has become. I want to create something that's better than that. Mm. I want to create something that's spectacular. But you, yeah, but your, yeah, the outcome of your project there wasn't a joke about a hundred haikus about hemorrhoid cream, was it? You put a book out with a hundred haikus about hemorrhoid cream, and it became a, a proper thing, you know. And it can stand up and be judged and critiqued in its own way. But yeah. You know, it was, it is poetry, but uh, no one can, you know, no one can <laughs> yeah. deny that. Uh, some people would try. Let them. That's fine. Yeah. I think all. Art, all of the best art has to strangle, well, struggle with accusations that it isn't art or isn't poetry, and that's usually the most pioneering stuff. So I, I welcome that when a certain sector of the population doesn't regard it as art or poetry. It needs that. If you're appealing to everybody, then you're not doing a very good job, I don't think. Universalism in art is not what should be aspired to. Uh, there's about five people. There's about five people whose opinion I respect on these matters, and the, and if they like what I'm doing, I don't care what anyone else thinks. Yeah, I think it's very dangerous as a. I think it's very important as an artist to allow people's opinions to form your work and shape your work, but you've got to be very careful about who you choose to allow to do that. And absolutely, yeah. I think if you're trying to appeal to everyone, eventually it's just going to water down what you're trying to do. Well, exactly, because my mates are in a band and they were. You know, they put things on Facebook and they say outrageous things in interviews. Uh, and one thing they said was, you know, whenever they put something about Israel or Palestine on Facebook or they put something about Christmas, just kind of as a, a bit of a provocative joke. Or, some, you know, there's always someone who takes offence to whatever statement they make. Yeah. And they said if we stopped or censored ourselves every time somebody got offended, we would just be making the most bland anodyne rubbish and essentially that that's the kind of complex the psychological complex that's at work that determines mainstream culture uh, in subtle hidden ways those are the filtering processes that you have to go through in order to get to a certain level of um, public broadcast whether it be on the radio whether it's in the mainstream press so to aim for that level of um, popularity is to definitely do a bargain with the devil in that you are essentially agreeing to censor yourself whether you like it or not because yeah. very very rare do you find someone doing something that is pure and unfiltered that, that becomes mass entertainment at the same time. The two things just aren't mutually um, possible anymore I don't think. Well, it's why I often get questioned about whether I actually mean 
when I say that I really dislike poetry. And I think that what you're just saying there is really an explanation of what I mean. I do really dislike this idea that there is a poetry in some ways a universal term and you can love all of it. You know, that is not how the world works. You don't like the whole of an art form. You know, no. Individual pieces of art will touch you and move you in a way that, you know, other things rarely do in your life, you know, and you have an emotional connection, or I do certainly, with certain poems. That doesn't mean I have an emotional connection to poetry. It's like when some, well, when a lot of people say they don't like poetry, and I would just say that because they've probably only read about 10 poems on the GCSE syllabus, they just haven't found any poetry that they like, because poetry is as varied as music. And you don't hear anyone saying, I don't like music. You know, you don't like certain types of music. Nobody likes all music. Um, and I, I was going to say, my nan said she didn't like music, but she did like Max Bygrave, so there was something that got to her. <laughs> there are these rare people who do say they don't like music, yeah. but it's not as many people as no, no, who no. say they don't like poetry. What they mean is they're just not interested yes, in poetry yeah. and haven't found anything that they like. Yeah. I suppose that's sort of what I meant about, is that perhaps is this why then you put the word poetry on your blackboard and is that why you're to try and sort of not I don't mean it as um, patronizing as this I don't mean to educate people but to just maybe open our eyes up to the, the fact that there are so many different voices within poetry you know? yeah that is a good point and I do like to do that um, and yeah and I like confounding people's expectations by giving something giving them something that yeah like I said probably isn't gonna rhyme it's not gonna be devotional is that maybe even an ultimate goal of morbid books as well to just highlight how yeah yeah so obviously you've, what you do has got a particular um, style uh, overarching style but it does seem like you're trying to just highlight to people that it, poetry isn't what you see in schools it isn't what BBC4 yeah deemed to show you on a Sunday night or whatever, that's exactly you know? it I mean I don't not everything I write is going to be published by Morbid Books. This is just a vehicle for a particular. No, no, I don't even yeah. just your work. I know. Like with the with the hemorrhoids, obviously, yeah. other people's. You know, it's not just your own writing. Yeah. It's other people's but I mean, I'll publish stuff in more mainstream channels, in more popular channels, as well. But this, in particular, is to do stuff that is definitely left field and uh, changes might change people's minds about the possibilities of what you can do with poetry or visual art and how linked they are. Because it's important to make things that look good at the end of the day. If you're spending a lot of time and money putting it out there, you want it to be decent. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, I agree with you. I, a lot of poetry, I don't like it. Um, and also, poetry books, I don't like them either. A lot of the, a lot of the time, they, they look absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that so, you know, several people in a publishing house have all collectively <laughs> let this get get to the shelves. Like, there's yeah, no yeah. one gone. Look, this looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, if a major publishing house wanted to put my work out, I mean, I w it, I'm not saying I would turn it down, but I'm not saying that I would definitely agree to it either, because I would seriously contemplate turning it down if they, you know, showed me a book version of of it, and it looked like some of the poetry books I see on the shelves. Like, I wouldn't want anything to do with I that. I think I would be very, very torn if, for instance, I was offered the chance to be part of the Faber New Writers Collection, yeah. because that, I, I personally think those small book books are awful, and I wouldn't want my work presented in that way. No. I think it would just be, I think I would be, it would be a real shame for me to finally have something put out to a wide audience like that, and looking frankly like 
Shit, or like, they look like well, textbooks. That's the deal you, you have to do. Yeah. But that's whatever why I mean, I'll be conflicted because novel, obviously, if you're going to get your work out, you need to yeah. maybe. I mean, you hear it all the time of novelists, maybe more so than poets, because that is more of a there's more of a commercial emphasis on the novel. People can actually make money out of it, and you know they they are trying to, and they need to make money out of it. Poetry, not so much. That's pretty much run at a loss, I think. Yeah. But you hear about novelists in particular being told by Waterstones that we're not going to stop your book unless you change your name or yeah. you've got to change the title of the novel so these so if you are going to publish something and your aim is to get it to a mass audience you've, you're preparing yourself essentially to be having a discussion with Waterstones you know the head of marketing at Waterstones some suit and having to argue with him about the title of your book yeah. I mean that shouldn't be a, that's not a discussion that any artist should have to no, have no. Um, but if you want to do that, then you've got to be prepared for it now. Um, either have a really good argument lined up, or be prepared to. I've got a feeling turn we out. could probably talk about these things for a long time, and maybe um, early next year we'll probably sit down and have a longer chat. But for now, yeah. we might finish off with oh. another reading. Do you want to read some more suicide notes? Or? Oh yeah, I can do. I, I've got to say, because I don't think. Uh, Lucy doing himself justice with it. These books are beautiful. They've all been each poems hand typed and they've all been bound together. And how many books did you produce in, in total? I've done about thirty-five at the moment. And how many poems are in each? Twenty poems in uh, each. Yeah. And each each book's got a different arrangement of stuff in it as yeah. well, so they're all different. Okay. And that's why they're so ludicrously expensive. Uh, and I gave myself mild RSI in my wrist, so I basically had to stop typing. I cut you. You can't do it for that long, I've realised, um, in, in one go. Uh, the neighbours. The midget couple who moved in next door make the most beautiful love-making sounds. We cancel our evenings to stay in and listen to them. They can go for hours. It sounds like an orchestra when they orgasm. We're thinking of embedding microphones in the walls, pressing vinyl, then having the records moulded onto our bodies and cutting along the grooves with a stylus. Right. Thanks very much, Lewis. Um, no and if anyone wants to check out <coughs> Morbid Books, it's uh, morbidbooks.net, isn't it? Yep. And uh, the link will be under this video. Um, yeah, I recommend that um, you check out what Lewis is doing. Um, there will be more stuff happening in the new year and I'm going to be tweeting about it on the Facebook uh, and uh, I don't know if I ever mentioned it, but uh, my Twitter account is silent underscore tongue. Cheers. I don't know, who's singing now? This isn't Mariah, is it? Can't do a shot. Don't recognise it. Is that Whitney? It's Whitney. Do a shot anyway. All right. <laughs> Cheers, Lewis. <laughs> Cheers. Bye.